Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Boys America listeners, welcome to my 435th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is yesterday's Mother's Day, I uh, I should add, and happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. But my highlight of the week is yesterday's late-afternoon golf action after celebrating Mother's Day, uh, where Rory McIlroy ended his lengthy winless drought by overcoming a bad 18th tee shot to win the Wells Fargo Classic down in Charlotte, while at the exact same time uh, was able to switch back and forth to watch the USA win the Walker Cup by beating the England-Ireland team at the iconic Seminole Golf Course in Florida. We all remember Seminole from where they held the Charles Barkley, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady match last year at the height of the pandemic, which was basically the first sports event of any type, Uh, you know, once the pandemic was a couple months old. And uh, so it's good to watch it uh, from Seminole yet again with uh, things a little more under control than they were last time we saw it on national TV. But Rory, uh, back to Rory, he has not had a win in a couple of years and uh, has had a two-shot lead, his shot on the 18th, his tee shot. Went to one place, as the announcer said, as Jim Nance said, the one place you couldn't put it, he put it in a precarious position right beside a creek. Uh, just an impossible lie. He dropped, hit a good shot from there, and was able to two-putt and bring it home. He was clearly very relieved. Uh, he needed a victory, and uh, and now he's getting rounding into form for the upcoming uh PGA, uh, which should be fun down in Kiowa, a place that I visited uh, not all that long ago, and it was just spectacular, the ocean course. And I believe Rory may have won uh, a major there back in the day, if I remember correctly. Uh, Perhaps U.S. Open going way back, maybe the PGA. But whatever, he's uh, back to being Rory. And it was good to see 
and he was, you know, a little bit emotional, and uh, and the tour's better when Rory's playing well, and uh, again, he just seems to, uh, you know, be back to being the Sunday Rory that we've uh, come to enjoy watching. And then the Walker Cup, that was great. Uh, former President George W. Bush was there. Uh, didn't know until I tuned in that the Walker Cup was named after his grandfather, I believe. Uh, last name of Walker. And I do believe uh, the W in George W. Bush is Walker. Could be wrong about that, but I believe that's the case. And uh, And he looked good and... Again, the Seminole Golf Course, which is up in the Palm Beach area on the Atlantic coast of Florida, just looks spectacular. Those ocean holes are really special. And uh, and the USA looked great in closing it out. Um, as the announcers were saying, these are we were watching a lot of names that uh, we're going to be hearing a lot about in the upcoming years. And you know, total Ryder Cup format, so uh, individual matches on Sunday, so it was very exciting to watch, even though the USA held a fairly significant lead, the outcome, they just had to close the deal, you kind of felt that they would, and they did, uh, but it was really enjoyable to watch those uh, two golf tournaments basically going on at the same time after a, after a nice Mother's Day and a good way to close out uh, the evening. My bizarre story of the week is the Kentucky Derby story where the winner, Medina Spirit, uh, apparently tested positive for a banned substance and the outcome uh, is now in question. And in addition, Churchill Downs has, for the moment, banned uh, Medina Elk Spirit's trainer, Bob Baffert, legendary figure. Um, and Baffert, uh, interviewed with Kenny Maine last night on sports center, giving his side of the story, which was, uh, fairly compelling, uh, basically saying they didn't use the substance. And if they did, um, what seemed to be in the system was microscopic according to him. So we'll see how that all turns out, but it's really a bizarre story, especially against the backdrop of, you know, 2019, I was there that day at Churchill Downs when the horse that crossed the finish line was not the winner a half an hour later. And people who had been, you know, uh, had bet on the horse and thought they won did not. And the runner-up from the actual race was uh, what's declared the winner. And so this is not good. You can't be having this stuff... Uh, in the marquee event of the sport, which is obviously the Kentucky Derby. Apparently Medina Spirit is on his way to Pimlico in Baltimore for the second leg of the Triple Crown coming up uh, coming up here either this Saturday or next. So we'll see how that all pans out. But again, you, you just can't have it. Can you imagine uh, this kind of stuff going on in other sports is marquee events, whether it's, you know, Masters, Super Bowl, you name it, uh, NBA Finals or NHL Stanley Cup. Uh, 
it's just really uh, bad for the sport. And I'm a, I'm a horse racing fan. I grew up uh, in Pennsylvania and went to some racetracks as a kid. And it's uh, it's a great sport. And as I said, made it to the Derby. I've been to the Belmont. Uh, the year California Chrome was going for the Triple Crown, did not get it, but uh, it's not good, and that combined with other things going on in the sport, namely uh, the deaths of horses out at Santa Anita, legendary racetrack out in California, so uh, hopefully they get it all sorted out, but these stories are not helping the sport of horse racing, which is quite frankly, not what it used to be, as we all know. Uh, and my low light of the week is the Boston Celtics. They just cannot seem to get it together. Uh, yesterday, they looked horrible in their biggest game of the year at the Boston Garden. They lost at home to the Miami Heat, basically their main competitor at the moment to decide which one goes to a play-in game. And uh, versus being uh, in the draw, where they would get a series to start off the NBA playoffs. And uh, all you need to know on this one is the Celtics were down 79-53 to 53 at halftime. So they gave up nearly 80 points in the first half, which obviously speaks to defense. And this team is just baffling. Uh, you know, they went on that little run, where they won like eight out of nine, many of them being uh, on a West Coast trip, where uh, in the past, even going back during the Larry Bird era, <laughs> you know, uh, not great records on West Coast trips. So you kind of thought, okay, this is it. Here they come. You know, after being inconsistent all year, it looked like they finally had it together. And then, uh, and then they didn't. So people in Boston are... Wondering exactly what's going on. Really tough to get a handle on it. They're just so inconsistent. And uh, hopefully they can sort it out. And they don't have much time to do it. We're down here to the final week or two of the season. And then the play-in games. Then uh, the usual playoff formats will get underway. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and this, all this happening, of course, as Jason Tatum is having a breakout year. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? 
Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always, and as always, it looked like you had another interesting week uh, and uh, interacting with some big names and uh, being at an event with uh, the, the biggest name in college football, right? Nick Saban was at the Team Focus event in Mobile, Alabama, and John, Team Focus is an organization led by Mike Godfrey, the former Pittsburgh and Kansas coach, and this is for uh, young boys without fathers. He tries to mentor them, and this is his big fundraising event every year, and he's had it for 13 straight years in Mobile, and Nick Saban has never missed the event. Wow. Very impressive. It's reasons like that why they love Nick Saban in Alabama, Uh, uh, that along with national championships, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, there's a few other things involved in that uh, adoration for sure. But uh, he came down, so we had a, a mo- few moments to interview him prior to his speaking to the crowd. And I, I was interested in a couple of players. I have my eye on John. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis is a cornerback. 
that's uh, from the Mobile area, and he's competing for a starting position opposite Josh Job. So uh, I asked him about Jalen Armour Davis and then an offensive lineman. I think probably projected to play guard is Tommy Brown, and Tommy's from the the famous Modern Day High School in Los Angeles, California, which is also the school of Bryce Bryce Young, the uh, potentially the starting quarterback for Alabama. So those two players, Tommy Brown and Jalen Armour Davis, Nick Saban, they've had good springs and they're veteran players they're being on the roster and the reserve uh, position, you know, these past few years, and they have a good chance to be starters. Wow. Yeah. Bryce Young. Uh, he's, uh, you know, his name gets mentioned up here from time to time in New England based on, you know, the fact that Mac, a lot of people thought he was going to be the starter coming in as a very yes. much ballyhooed freshman. But then Mac Jones uh, got the job and, you know, it's been uh, all good since then. That's for sure. But, yeah, Bryce Young is already getting that kind of airtime. And uh, it sounds like he's potentially special. Yeah, John, he's a, a dual threat quarterback. I I think that you know they're going to try to keep him in the pocket because I don't believe it's in the best interest of a college football team or any team to have their quarterback running the football so much, especially when you're recruiting four and five star running backs. And if you look at the end of the game, if the quarterback has the most amount of carries, I think that puts a little bit of skepticism in their mind. Is why you're brought on campus. I mean, you you want your running backs to get the, the ball, and the quarterback. Although it's it's nice to have him as potential threat as a runner, uh, you want him to be passing from the pocket and doing all those special things that championship quarterbacks are counted on for uh, to do with their team. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's starting to evolve. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to sense maybe it's swinging back the other way of, you know, you want a quarterback that's mobile enough to uh, rescue plays as they break down. And sometimes it can lead yeah. to even big plays. But I think what happened with Patrick right. Mahomes last year, and I'm he- I've been hearing this uh, more and more in, as the weeks pass, since the Super Bowl was, you know, by the time we got to the Super Bowl with the toe, his toe, um, right. it was just simply, you know, he, he wasn't the same player. There is no other way to say it. And he, he was clearly injured. And, you know, the Bucks defense was playing really well. And, you know, that combination led to basically almost a blowout. Um, it was a Patrick Mahomes that we've never seen before. Uh and what it tells you is, you know, even the best of the best of the best, if they're injured, they're not the same player. And so I think a lot of people are starting to rethink, you know, that. And, you know, and I'm not suggesting that Mahomes or, for that matter, Bryce Young is like a Lamar Jackson who it feels like is looking to run on a, many plays, to say the least. Um, there's one and one A passing and then one A is running for him. But I just think... Uh, yeah, moving forward, AP, that we might just see these quarterbacks running less and less or getting down more or whatever, just getting rid of the ball. But they just, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is another good example, you know. Um, you know, they get down, seasons are ruined. There's no other way to say it. 
Yeah, you cannot become enamored with your running as a quarterback, I don't think, because sooner or later, it's it's that one hit, and you jeopardize your chances of being uh, uh, contributing to your team's success. You'll be on the sidelines watching. And although Correct. you want somebody, as you say, they can rescue a play, I don't like a steady diet of my quarterback running. I just, I'm just not in favor of it, John, because it's most important to me that you can you throw with accuracy and precision and in a timely manner from the pocket. Because when the last two minutes of the game are on the line, uh, you have to throw the football from the pocket. Or, you know, you're going to make a play here and there, uh, possibly with your, uh, by running the ball. But uh, by and large, it's going to be what can you do from the pocket to help win this game? Correct. That's really what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, I was a mere yards away from Drew Bledsoe taking that hit. And, you know, 2000, uh, right at the old Foxborough Stadium, it happened right in front of me uh, from Mo Lewis of the New York Jets. Nobody in New England will ever forget that name. And, <laughs> you know, not only did he no. alter the course of, I mean, that, that hit changed history, literally NFL history. You know, it altered <laughs> Bledsoe's career and introduced Tom Brady. Right. We know the rest of that story. Uh, Belichick. Picking Brady over Bledsoe, Bledsoe gets traded to the Bills, on and on and on. I, I mean, so we, you know, we, we know what can happen, um, you know, with a quarterback hit, not to mention, you know, Joe Theismann and uh, Alex Smith, you know, just uh, it's littered with them. But, you know, bottom line, I mentioned Mac Jones earlier and, of course, Brady, you know, neither of them run, but Brady is the master with, like, the footwork. He Brady doesn't run very often. I mean, rarely. Yeah. Uh, once every yeah. couple of games, if that. And uh, But yet, you know, you put him in that little box in the pocket, and his footwork and <laughs> sidestepping the rush is legendary. I mean, I, I again, having the good fortune to witness it in person for years, I, I was just would marvel at it. You know, just to, and Marino had that too, just a step here, a step there, and avoid the rush and throw it. Uh, and Brady certainly is now the poster boy for forever, probably of, you know, uh, getting the most out of your career by staying healthy. I also was there when he injured his knee in 2008 and was out for the season, 10 minutes into the season. Uh, so, you know, I've seen it all. Uh, and he wasn't running on that play, by the way, (laughs) that was just a flat out pocket sack. So yeah, right, right. it's it's a big deal, um, and you know more and more quarterbacks are coming out of high school and college, and their mobility is you know their calling card to a large degree. In the same light, I think I'm sensing a turn uh, by the powers that be, i.e., coaches and GMs and beyond, that just everybody's cringing now when they when they you know tuck the ball and start to run. You know, <laughs> it's it's an odd yeah, kind of confluence that's occurring right now. See how it all plays <laughs> out, and it sounds like a Bryce Young might be right in the middle of that, given his high-profile yeah, position. I, yeah, John, I'm I'm hoping that they realize that we recruited these running backs for a reason because right. they're extra special, and yep. let's keep Bryce in that pocket, and occasionally uh, let's. 
see if you can make some yards for them or rescue a play, as you described. But uh, their primary responsibility, in my mind, is throw from that pocket and get it to the right playmaker at Alabama, especially because it doesn't matter if it's the wide receiver, running back, tight ends. They're very good players, and they're going to have the yards after catch. Correct. Legendary players, many of them at Alabama. At the end of the day, it's very obvious what the issue is. Uh, by the time they get to the NFL, AP, it's, you know, everybody on the defense, every player, including defensive linemen to a, a large degree, are every bit as fast as the fastest, most mobile quarterback. They may not be as quite as, <laughs> you know, elusive, shall we say, or, yes, or yes. mobile in in bringing down the elusive Lamar Jacksons of the world, but boy, they're all fast. And when they hit, when they get a clean hit on a quarterback, uh, that's what they live for, period. And so it it really is about the NFL more than college. Yeah, John, yeah, John, you're, you're correct because those, those big guys, maybe they're not as elusive as the quarterback, but they can run a quarterback down straight line speed. Exactly. And when they arrive, they're not in a good. They're not in a good mood and, uh, because that's this is you know pay for play. Perfectly said, AP. I mean, you, you know, this is they spend their whole career, you know, being trained and working hard to you know get those clean hits on quarterbacks. That is their job, and when they get one, uh, they make it count. And when they make it count, very often uh, it will end a team's season and uh, i.e. again Jimmy Garoppolo is sort of the most recent example of, of of a season basically being torpedoed but Patrick Mahomes just back to what we originally talked about to introduce this subject as you know just exhibit a now of like by the time he got to the end of the season he was done by the time he got to the Super Bowl it's just that simple his talent got him to the Super Bowl and more power to him but that toe eventually caught up with him along with you know uh, the terrific Tampa Bay defense that showed up on Super Bowl Sunday. They were they were reach, had reached their peak perfectly for for that game. Oh yeah, John, and they had some miscues on offense and dropped passes early, and um, to, to to players who during the season were making those types of catches. But when the spotlight is on the Super Bowl and they were there the year before, everything went their way. When it didn't, they weren't able to recover and. I, w- I would just say that if I was Patrick Mahomes, I'd be concentrating more and making the plays from the pocket and don't become, as I said, enamored with, uh, you know, his running ability. Because, you know, you watch Lamar Jackson, although he, he's gonna, he won some games during the regular season with his ability to uh, make yards down the field by running. When you get to the playoffs, defenses are much tougher, I think. Everybody's focused. Correct. They have a time, you know, the, the entire season to look at every single play to come up with a game plan and scheme for you and uh, make it very difficult for you to run. And, uh, you know, we have yet to see, I believe, a true uh, dual-threat quarterback, you know, win. You know, Patrick Mahomes, I guess you could consider him, I guess, and oh, yeah. Russell Wilson had the ability to run. So, you know, they've, they've won a couple of Super Bowls, but it's mainly the person who could throw from the pocket between Super Bowls. It is. And Russell Wilson, what a great example as we close out this segment, AP, because, boy, he was the MVP after the first five games this past year. And then uh, his running 
started to become running for his life as the season wore along. <laughs> and by the end, of, and by the end yeah. of the year, they were cooked. They were just cooked. Yeah, they just weren't the same team right. because mm-hmm. he wasn't the same player. Um, no, so no. interesting topic. It really is. I haven't really delved down deep into it, but I'm glad we had the opportunity today because I'm really hearing it more and more here in the last couple months in the Super Bowl. I kind of think brought it to people's attention. Um, but AP, good segment. Uh, why don't we take our first break now? And we still have a lot of get, a lot of things to get to. On the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's The Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment, we were talking about uh, you attending an event where Nick Saban was the speaker in, uh, down in Mobile, Alabama, near where you live. 
but Nick wasn't the only person, uh, the only luminary that you interacted with this week. Sounds like you had a good interview as well. Yeah, Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike. Uh, John, I had the opportunity to interview Mike Oresco, the uh, commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. And, you know, Mike was the architect and creator of that. You know, he was the Big East commissioner, had to dissolve that and, you know, or, or let that go and just reinvent the a league. And it came up with the American Athletic Conference and the logo and, and put that all together. You know, he, he was a longtime uh, legal counsel for ESPN and TV executive, uh, also with CBS. You know, he, he came up right. with the Thursday night football, primarily initiated that and bowl week and so many other things. He, he negotiated the 15 year historic conference between CBS and uh, the SEC to put on football and basketball. So yeah, if you, if I spoke about Mike's accomplishments, it'd take up the, the entire rest of the show. But uh, we, we delved into some topics, particularly the name, image, and likeness, and just the fact that the American Athletic Conference is building their reputation. Um, they had 19, a record 19 players selected in the NFL draft. And, and, John, just to put that into some context, there was 22 by the Big 12. Wow. So that's pretty unique. And I think there, I think there was a year in there where they had actually more players in the Big 12 selected in the draft. And we know that they've had some excellent bowl games, UCF um, winning in the Fiesta Bowl against, uh, I think that was, what, Baylor, I believe. And then, of course, Cincinnati gave Georgia everything they wanted in the Peach Bowl last year. Could have won that game, actually. So yep. they continue to uh, play some of these Power 5 teams, and they're going to have their chances, I know, this year. And I don't know if it's some of the higher rated teams in the league that's going to be playing, you know, Oklahoma and uh, some other teams along the way. I think Ohio State and I think Notre Dame is in there and a handful of others. So uh, the American Athletic Conference, uh, you know, they got a new member of the coach with Gus Malzahn coming over from Auburn to uh, Central Florida. So yes, yes. Uh, he's excited about that. And they, you know, have some good coaches in that league and they, they they recruit players that are maybe uh, under the radar, but they develop them, and that's the name of the game. Football, as the the best coaches know, is a developmental sport. You, know, you have to get the talent, but it still is a developmental sport over the, over the oh. course of those three four years where a student athlete is there. There can be a big difference between who walks in the door as a freshman and who walks out as a senior. That's for darn sure. And it's coaches like Nick Saban yeah. and Gus Malzahn who uh, can do the trick and on and on and on. And AP, you know, I'm glad you got a chance to talk with Mike. Uh, what he's done. You and I have covered the conference since day one. Mike is right. one, both of ours, one of our favorite people in all of sports. Yes. We, I, I have interviewed him as well. And, uh, and he's just... Uh, as nice a gentleman as you could ever encounter anywhere. And it's great to see, you know, the geographic reach uh, is incredible. Uh, they previously were right down the road, literally 40 minutes from where I'm standing right now in Providence, Rhode Island, was the original uh, right. league headquarters. And now they've moved down to Texas. Uh but, you know, the, I just love their geographic reach from schools in Texas to schools in Florida. Yeah. Of course, they had UConn up here, but UConn recently went to the Big East. Um, right. 
you know, in Memphis and Tulsa and on and on and on. And AP, I've been on the UCF campus on a few different occasions. Haven't been to a game yet, but I've been right at the stadium when I when I'm in the area. And uh, you know, they're just a, a fascinating program, to put it mildly. And uh, and you know, they can play with anybody, and that's been the case for a few years yeah. now. There's, there's no question. So yeah, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. U, USF, Florida is so talent rich and USF is in a bit of a down period right now, but I got the feeling that's not going to last very long. Uh, University of South Florida yeah. in Tampa. I was up at their campus literally a month ago. So um, yeah, Mike Oresco, he, he's doing a heck of a job and I think the best is yet to come soon. Yeah, I think so because you know Mike is so knowledgeable as an administrator, and he's, a, he's also as just a fan of sports. You know, right. uh, football and basketball, and uh, you know he he's that has that um, background that can look ahead. You know, he's a visionary, as I stated before, all the things that he's initiated and developed. Um, uh, in the course of his career involving college football, college athletics. I mean, he put together the CBS and I think True TV to televise the college basketball play, you know, uh, NCAA game. So, I mean, just it goes on and on the, the, the his, his fingerprints and uh, all over the place in college athletics. And he's known from coast to coast. He's been on many boards, the governing boards, you know, uh, right now I think he's the executive vice president of the commissioner's association. And, and he's involved in the college football playoffs, the management of that operation. So, you know, Mike is a, uh, just a, an individual that you admire, that all the things that he's accomplished in his career, and he continues to build up this league, the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, and AP, I think when it's all said and done, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike is the guy that, you know, basically leads the charge to get, you know, these non-Power 5 conferences, of which, obviously, the American Athletic Conference is one, uh, you know, uh, into uh, more into play with the Power Five. You know, I, I just think he he's turning into that spokesperson who everybody knows and respects, and it's just a matter of time. And they've already been there practically. You know, where they're in the conversation, Central Florida specifically, Cincinnati this past mm-hmm. year to a degree of you know yeah. should they you know. Should they be included in the college football playoff? We now know the CFP is probably going to expand, and that will then, you know, bring them further into the conversation. And I got the feeling that that could end up being among Mike's greatest achievements because I think he will be the point person if and when that happens. And I and I and I feel it's about to happen in the next couple of years. Right. Yeah, I think so. John. I don't. I I think this these. Two years it will not, but after that, correct. I believe something's going to happen. And uh, another topic we broached, um, John, was the name, image, and likeness. And uh, Mike is like any other person; it's on the verge of this being implemented. Right. There's a lot of uncertainty. What's going to happen? Because absolutely, it's, it's, it's been it's, brewing it's, for a there's while. There's no precedent. Yeah, uh, especially for instance, John. Let's say. The quarterback of a, a major school or any of the schools uh, gets an agent and brings forth an agreement, and there's a market value 
that they've determined with this quarterback and then the school, uh, in their view, thinks it's beyond the market value, how is that arbitrated? Um, and so, Mike, we had this discussion. He, he was saying that I think the best thing is let's, let's not get caught in the weeds um, by nitpicking at the amount of dollars uh, that a player receives. Just just try to move forward and, and uh, make sure it's all legal and there's no extra recruiting involved because we all know that how this is going to affect the recruiting, John. I mean, it's going to be, if, let's say you're signing in December, you know, the early signing period, and then February as well. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, it's going to go right down to the wire, I think, where a player is hearing from the school that's saying, well, we have this alumnus uh, or, you know, part of our alumni group that owns a, this car dealership or this type of business was willing to pay this amount of money. I, I mean, before they make that, you know, sign that letter of intent, the phone calls are going to be fast and furious. Absolutely, AP. I mean, this topic has been around for a while. It's cleared certain legislative hurdles along the way here, and it's poised to become a reality, it, it appears. <laughs> um, and AP, when it does, you know, it, it, we're talking a serious game changer here that could change the face of college athletics top to bottom you know it may you know affect you we we've covered this you and i for more than a year now we've talked about it and yes yeah the ramifications the long-term effects all of it uh are potentially game-changing in every way i'll just close by just going back to a topic you and i touched on easily a year ago on this exact topic which was like you know we all think football and basketball but i'm up here in new england where you have you know national championship hockey teams with regularity as in other pockets of america like minnesota and you know everything that's happening with you know college football and basketball players you know you bring that to new england and you got kind of the same thing going on here where kids are growing up on hockey and uh, and all of a sudden, they're in demand. You right. know, college hockey players. Oh yeah, women's uh, basketball. Yeah, women's, women's basketball. basketball. Yep. UConn. I mean, U- UConn right. is UConn women is the dominant sport in the state of Connecticut. Period. And we're talking about a school that's had a couple of men's national championships in the last couple of decades. Right. So, but UConn women are dominant, to say the least. Right. And- Oh yeah, he's right into the Connecticut in Alabama, the WNBA. By the way, oh yeah, yeah, filters filters uh, up the, um, the the professional chain as well. Exactly. In Alabama, John, you have sometimes women's gymnastics in the softball team. You know, they sell out. It's it's different in uh, the state of Alabama. Correct. Well, another example. You know, I've covered numerous. Uh, look. NCAA lacrosse final four is right over here at Gillette stadium. And, you know, it's a, it's a big topic here in new England. Just, uh, ask Bill Belichick who loves lacrosse and cause he grew up in Annapolis where it's huge in places like, you know, the top teams are like Johns Hopkins, Maryland, you know, Boston college on and on and on. Um, you know, Duke, Big, you know, many other marquee names. So there, it's like hockey. There's pockets, and uh, so yeah, all this is going to be affected. AP, it's like incredible. Um, so, um, 
Sure, Mike had interesting thoughts. Yeah, yeah, John, and then the fact that, let's say, for instance, uh, Mike's particular league, you have New Orleans, Dallas, Houston, Memphis, Philadelphia, uh, Cincinnati. Those are uh, big market cities. Yes. I think it might change to to their advantage, actually. A little bit of an advantage in in probably uh, securing a few players. Come to this city, you know, we can market you. Yes, no, they're in some significant cities, to say the least. Well, and uh, Yeah, Orlando, Tampa. Yeah, Orlando, Tampa, in, in football-mad Florida, to put it mildly. <laughs> um, right. Well, AP, on that note, why don't we take our final break? Still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Boys America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight. Uh, The Utah Jazz at the Golden State Warriors at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And the big reason, of course, is the drawing card that is Steph Curry. AP, I think he's having one of the more interesting, amazing years we've seen any athlete have in a long, long time. You know, he's become must-see TV here over the course of the past month or two. Um, you know, I I love the guy at Davidson. But, you know, I remember I went out of my way when he first was emerging out in Golden State to go to the one appearance that the Golden State Warriors were making uh in Boston, and I went in early on, uh, in 2015, I believe it was, and that they ended up winning the championship that year, and that's when Steph was be- be- beginning to become the three-point king, but what he's doing now is just must-see TV, no other way to say it. Yeah, John, he has such great skills. I mean, when you look across the history of the NBA, I mean, he's got to be in the top five in that category because not only does he shoot from a distance that's unfathomable years ago, but he he can dribble the ball and get to the basket. I mean, he's not the biggest person, not the fastest person. He's not the most physical player, but he has those ball-handling skills and passing skills that are just – as good as anybody I've ever seen. Exactly. And that's really what we're talking about. And that's why I wanted to, you know, get on this topic using tonight's game as a bit of a trigger um, because he's doing things we've never seen before. Easily the greatest shooter we've ever seen in the history of basketball. That's a statement in and of itself. Seemingly on a regular basis now, AP, he's making three to five impossible three-pointers, you know, from anywhere from 30 to 40 feet with, you know, not only the the length, the distance, but, you know, with people in his face uh, from impossible angles. He threw one up here. We've all seen it a couple weeks ago up in Boston, a left-handed hook from outside the three-point line on the side of the court, swished it, of course. <laughs> and by the way, his swishes are no, his swishes are like no other swishes. The net literally jumps. And again, I jumped on early, you know, we all remember him from Davidson in his final four run. And, you know, who doesn't love a little guy who can shoot? I mean, I think it's the very essence of sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, and then his pregame routine is legendary. I got to see it. And that's when I really caught on AP. We're really talking 2015, maybe 16, but early on as mm-hmm. he emerged out in right. Golden State as something special. And I got there at the Boston garden early two hours before game time. Cause I wanted to see his pregame routine, which was already getting noticed and AP all was, there was just, you know, 
couple of hundred kids, all with Steph Curry jerseys <laughs> and paraphernalia on. Again, we're going back five, six years here at the beginning. And that's when I knew. I said, oh, boy, the, 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 this is really something special going on here. And, uh, and you know, just screaming his name, and he's making these impossible shots. You may be aware, like, he sort of walks off the court when he's done shooting around and, like, hoists one from, you know, the tunnel leading into the locker room yeah. and more yeah. often than not makes it. <laughs> and it was just, it was a frenzy. It was a frenzy. And that's when I knew. I said, oh, boy, this is really something going on here and it's just grown from there and now we're just in a new era of with this maybe the greatest month ever by an NBA player and now we're moving it into like six weeks now since he really averaging 30 or whatever tied for leading score whatever dueling it out now with Bradley Bill for leading score of the NBA on and on and on and lifting his team, most importantly, to where they might make the playoffs, despite no Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant having moved on. And uh, that's what it comes down to, AP. He's elevated his team to where they might make it into the playoffs soon when nobody was given him much of a chance not that long ago. No, and John, he has a, a size that is not imposing to young people and uh, fans it. of the game, uh, okay. And when you spoke about his his swishes are unlike no other, it reminds me of Joe Dean, the famous uh, uh, Southeastern Conference basketball analyst, and he would always say, "String music." Well, with that- Steph Curry, it's for it's fortissimo string music. It's 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 loud and uh, it's, it's recognizable. So yeah, he, he's phenomenal. That like I say, his skill level. When you think across the legendary players, I mean, Oscar Robinson comes to mind and and others, but uh, for his size uh, and his athletic ability, he does more than uh, w- with the basketball ball handling skills of like a koozie, but he, he's a little bit more athletic, of course, and of course he makes his shots from a distance that nobody can, can see, nobody conceived, uh, you know, years ago but in, in this era of basketball you're watching all some other players make some long shots as well but Steph Curry he's the the architect of that long 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 distance shot correct when you know one step over midcourt and let it fly and you you know it's 50 50 <laughs> if it's going in and these days yeah, it's right. going in a little more than that that's why it's become <laughs> such a story and everybody, and you said it perfectly, AP, given his size, everybody can relate. Everybody. And because, uh, you know, we've all shot around. So we, we, we know what's involved. And uh, AP, I just want to thank you for a great, great uh, show. By the way, quick uh, point. The PGA Championship is the one being held in Kiowa here in a couple of weeks. I had mentioned earlier it might be the u.s open but it is the pga in a couple of weeks down mm-hmm. in south carolina but ap thanks again great show and we really appreciate your thoughts as always hey john enjoyed it thank you so much it's my pleasure thank you ap and as always thank you all for listening to all around sports and we look forward to doing it all again next monday at noon eastern time 
Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.